Daisy! Now what? We're going back to figure out why Tuff died. I can get us there much faster. Oh, you're just full of surprises, aren't you? This is one of my various survival modes. I am equipped with... Droids. A thank you would have been nice. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode, Fives investigates the tumor, finding that it's actually a chip placed in all clones when they're still embryos. Although Nalase maintains that the chip is harmless, Fives convinces Shakti to allow him to speak with Supreme Chancellor Palpatine on Coruscant about this nefarious plot. Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho. I'm a Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship on his third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the Fives to my AZ-3. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. Greetings, troops. And we are going to talk about the 111th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology written by Katie Lucas, directed by Danny Keller at Season 6, Episode 3, Fugitive. So Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know what you remembered about Fugitive before you rewatched it again this week. The plot thickens even more. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, for me, this episode is, this is where you figure it all out. It starts to really put a new spin even more I mean you kind of get the idea in the previous episode of what's going on but then you start to from them going to look at the nursery and figure out when all this stuff happens and you're like wow okay so it's kind of an interesting thing and then the way that I almost always want to call her Lama Sue but it's that's the main guy <laughs> yeah. Nala Say when she's kind of breaking things down especially at the end you're kind of like okay so that's how they're spinning it it's an inhibitor chip because Django Fett was such a crazy dude. I remember all of this. And it's just because, for me, it's very plot-heavy, really. And it's lore-heavy. And because it is that way, it really sticks in my head. And it's the stuff that I really enjoy. So, so yeah, I remembered almost everything about this episode. It was almost like just a, what do you call it, like a reaffirmation? Or, <laughs> I don't know what you call it. But it's just a, a slight reminder of the things that I already was aware of and... Yeah, it's fun to revisit this one, at least for me. It's, it was just, uh, I love this stuff. This is what I love Star Wars for. I love lore. I love the plot stuff. It's really good stuff. Well, that good stuff opens with poor old Fives still on Camino, still having to deal with that aforementioned evil Dr. Nala C. Although, fortunately, we also find out that Shakti isn't quite the pushover I was assuming that she was in the previous episode because... We learn here that Shakti is going to defy the Chancellor's orders and she's going to send the inhibitor chips to the Jedi Temple rather than, as the Chancellor requested, to the Grand Republic Medical Facility. And Shakti is not the only one who's rebelling in this episode because Fives and AZ-3 are soon fugitives on the run after AZ-3 tells Fives that the Kaminoans are going to wipe both of their memories, at which point Ark Trooper Fives shows the difference between being an Ark Trooper and being a regular Trooper when he beats up his entire security detail without taking a shot, and then steals and sends off a decoy ship before riding AZ-3 back to Topoka City. While somewhere else on Topoka City, Lord Tyrannus hollow skypes in to make sure Nalase has the message loud and clear that 
The true nature of the inhibited ship must not be discovered by the Jedi. So that's sort of the first act or coming up to the first half of the episode, Robbie. And I don't know about you, but all of this paranoid thriller storytelling with the way that the last three episodes of season five with their paranoid thriller storytelling run into the first three episodes of season six with their paranoid thriller storytelling and there's no goofy R2 and 3PO episodes or cute little Padawan <laughs> episodes in between. It's really starting to get to me, man. It's a lot of heavy, tense storytelling with the way we came from all that tension around our girl Ahsoka to end season five and now all this tension around our man fives to kick off season six. And these are really nicely told stories, but that's almost part of the trouble. They're so effective that I'm just tense all the time, Robbie. It's like I need a massage after each episode. And it's sort of to the point where I don't even know if I can describe them as fun, per se. Because we're seeing our favorite characters go through all of this, what do we call it, torment, maybe? It's just they are having a real tough time. So that also means that I find I appreciate the few moments of light relief, of comedic relief, like AZ3 sort of calling back to the previous episode and pronouncing Five's name as Five yeah. really making sure he puts the S on the end to really differentiate between the number and the name which he knows is very important to Fives and of course the highlight of this first act Robbie has to be AZ3's speeder scooter survival mode transformation and seeing Fives ride that little medical droid all the way back to Topoka City yeah I mean this like you said that whole first act is it is almost fun but it's Like you said, this is some dark stuff that we're dealing with here. And, I mean, as you said, I love the fact that Shock T isn't a pushover. She's putting her foot down. It's weird. Okay, so the scene where Fives takes out all those security guard guys. With AZ3 quoting Henry Jones Sr. (laughs) with his, you know, I cannot believe what you did. You know, it's the same kind of stuff that we've seen multiple times in the past. Where they're not only quoting Star Wars, they're quoting Indiana Jones. They're quoting kind of Lucasfilm staples. Do you think... It's just too much. No. Okay. A little is fun. See, it's like, I think it works and it's okay. It's completely fine because the audience for these probably aren't aware of some of those. They probably have either never seen them or they're not as steeped in, I guess, Lucasfilm lore, I guess you could say, for it to be distracting. To me, it's distracting. Every time it happens, it takes me out for a second because I'm like, okay, wait, which is, oh, that's Indiana Jones. That's Henry Jones Sr. That's Sean Connery. In a way, it's a good thing, but in a w- also in that other way, I can see how it could be distracting to some people. Because sure. they do that in The Mandalorian, too. I mean, they, every single Star Wars thing kind of is self-referential. But, I, I mean, it's weird. I kind of still enjoy it, even though I find it distracting. But it kind of got me thinking about, you know, when you're talking about AZ-3 basically being a Transformer. I keep thinking, number one, that's awfully convenient. <laughs> You know. <laughs> it sure is. I was thinking, man, that is a long way to swim back because they were flying at top speed for a long time away. Right. And so I was thinking, man, that is a strange plan, Fives. It's going to be about three days before you get back. Yeah. And it's like Fives is like sitting there. They're having a conversation about it <laughs> yeah. as the doors open. They're getting further and further away. And he's planning on swimming back. And I'm like, okay, this is all right. Like I said, first, it's convenient. But then I started thinking they know AZ3 is in on this. And I'm talking about they as in Shakti and, you know, the, the other Kaminoans, Kaminoans, however you want to say it. Isn't there a remote droid shutdown? Right, or a tracker or something. Yeah. I kept thinking that, and I'm like, okay, well, that's just a little... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of have to go with it, but it's something I had to I had to say. But again, all of that stuff, this whole thing, it's still kind of fun, though. 
and I love the little conversations that they have with each other. Their relationship is actually pretty sweet, you know? It definitely is from az 3 side, although when Fives jumps on him, you know, like there's not even a thank you, and he sort of jumps on him and pushes his AZ-3's head underwater, and so... Yeah. It is, I mean, there is a mutual respect that's been built up, but Fives is still a little bit maybe rough and ready, you know, compared to az 3 But I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's definitely... I mean, it's one of those things where you're glad that these two have each other because... You know, aside from that, they're pretty much out on their own by this point. And of course, when they get back, Fives needs to find a way to be able to sneak around without being detected. So he bops another clone on the bonds and burrows his armor. And then he and AZ-3 head to the genetic records hall where they discover that the tumor is a synthetic implant before being chased out of the records hall by Shakti and a squad of clone troopers. But our heroes managed to give that security team the slip and find a sterile facility where AZ-3 extracts the chip from Five's head. There's something about this scene was the same when it happened to Tup that I almost have to watch through, you know, my fingers, you know, my two <laughs> squinting eyes, because, I mean, you don't see anything, obviously. It's not graphic, but surgery is just one of those things where I guess I find myself wincing at it. But thankfully, Five's recovers from the operation just fine, and then he and AZ-3 head to the embryo room. And after scanning a bunch of embryos, they find that all of the embryos have the chip by the time they're at stage three, which is when they're rudely interrupted again by Nala C. And she tells them that the chips are to dial down the aggressive side of that Django Fett DNA that all the clones are built out of, which kind of tracks. I mean, as a as far as explanations go, as far as excuses go, it's not a bad one. And after a brief standoff, when Shakti and her security squad arrive, Shakti declares that Fives will be brought back to Coruscant with her and the chips. And it seems like it's all going to turn out fine. But then, super annoyingly, evil Dr. Nalase insists that she come along for the ride. And just when I'm hoping Shakti is going to say, no, you can't, she says, okay, you can. And <laughs> Fives is just not out of the woods anytime Dr. Nalase is around. I'm scared for Fives. This is why it's not that fun to watch, you know, because I just want Fives to be safe. I want Fives to get out of here alive. And there are things that he could maybe do to help himself. Like if he didn't have that pesky tattoo on his temple, he'd be a lot better at blending in whenever he has his helmet off. Although, you know, when he got the tattoo, that's a decision that at the time he wouldn't have been thinking about that. But then he does things like take his helmet off inside the facility in the first place when why fives aren't you trying to blend in when you have a helmet on don't you just look even more like any other clone and sound like any other clone so that was a little bit frustrating and there's another scene that i wondered if this was sort of the same way maybe if fives didn't tell az3 to try to act normal as they passed through that schoolroom, <laughs> then maybe az3 would have done a better job at being normal and that's just one of those scenes that's a comedic relief scene i sort of enjoyed that how az3 and trying to act normal, acted as unnormal as possible. Although, when they get to the end, when they get to the end, he asks Five, "Was that normal?" Then Five says, "For you, AZ3, that was normal enough." Something like that, right? Just a fun little moment. I love how the other Kaminoans—they just kind of look at each other for a second. Yeah. And then he, the other one, just put him, yeah. you know, on their little data pad, you know, yep. sounds the alarm. I just liked—I mean, it's. It is goofy and it's dumb, but I, I kind of liked it. Yeah, it's interesting to see all the clones. I mean, they all look like little Boba Fetts, you know, at this point. And they're all... I don't know what they're doing, but... Sudoku. Sudoku? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all doing Sudokus. 
Well, my last note on this section is that Nala Say is a really good villain, but in a different way to other villains, to say my favorite villains, because if we measure villain quality by how much you really want something really bad to happen to them, then Nala Say is much more on the Krell side of things than, say, the Grievous or the Ventress side of things, where when Nala Say's around, I'm actually scared that something bad is going to happen to one of my favorite clones. So she's not a fun villain at all. She's legit nasty and menacing in a really unnerving and cold way. And I think that's one of the successes of these episodes, that they've really done a great job of making this Dr. Nala Say feel so dangerous. Oh, man, you're right. It, and it's something that you don't really... I don't know. I don't really think about typically when I'm watching a show you know, is how different villains are portrayed or whatever, and pretty much watching anything. But uh, it is interesting that someone can be so dangerous to, you know, our characters and not be violent. And that's sort of uh, makes the, the character even more interesting now that I think about it, you know? Because she seems devious, right? So yeah. devious. And the idea that it's an inhibitor chip to make them less aggressive based on Jango Fett makes perfect sense you know and that's the i think that's the the beauty of this story is that it can be explained away you know tup's actions five's actions you know fives is going off the deep end because his inhibitor chit has, has been removed you know what i mean it can constantly be explained away by them and it's one of those where from i guess from our point of view it can be a little frustrating because you kind of just want everybody to see the truth yeah but that's the way that, in fact, it's, it's kind of even the way that government works some, sometimes, you know, when they, you <laughs> sure. know, they, they can be frustrating in the same way when sometimes they just don't see sense. You know, the truth can be twisted in a way. I hate to say that it's kind of a mirror on our own, sometimes our own lives and our own situations when it comes to our governments. Yeah, and that's what these paranoid thrillers, I mean, I keep going back to Hitchcock. And like I said, I just brought up the Ahsoka arc from the end of season five, which had what at least three of the four episodes were named after Hitchcock films so I mean I guess it's all driven by Dave Filoni from the top that are really leaning into the Hitchcockian paranoid sort of one small person against the machine kind of stories which you know was a big Hitchcock thing but man it's so anxiety inducing that like I said I don't know if I can describe these episodes as fun now it's just they're just torturing fives. I mean, I asked a little while ago about how they were torturing Obi-Wan Kenobi so much, you know, putting him through so much stuff. And now fives is going through all this stuff and there's no relief because at the end, no, Nala say he's going to be along for the ride too. You're not out of the woods yet, fives. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. But I kind of think about the way that this was released, right? This was released, you know, way after season five. Sure. You'd had a, a huge break. And I think what they were trying to do here is that they probably had some other lighter episodes planned, but they knew that they only had enough budget to get these episodes done. That's why, I mean, season six is only 13 episodes versus 20 or 22 or however many are in the previous season. So it's like they decided no more messing around. We're right up against the darkness of episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And have to dive into their darkness. Yeah. But I mean, for me, you know, again, I I love this stuff. I mean, I like the lighthearted stuff too, but to me, it's kind of like, this is kind of why I love the show. (laughs) So it's kind of like, I love this stuff. So good. Well, speaking of stuff you love, Robbie, let's get to our standout shots of the episode. You go first, because I think I stole your one last time, did I? I think, uh, anyway, what is your favorite shot 
all fugitive. It's not about theft, man. I mean, we just have good taste, right? I mean, that's uh, that's <laughs> sure. how I look at it. I use the word steal, but obviously I'm being tongue and cheek about it. Sure, sure. But don't steal mine, Robbie, or I'll okay. catch you. Sorry. All right, I'll try not to. I mean, <laughs> honestly, my favorite shot of the episode is I really enjoyed the way that the. I guess you call it the the clone nursery or the embryo right. area. I just love the way that looked. It's something that I've always been kind of intrigued with ever since episode two. You loved that in the Arc Trooper episode as well. I do. Arc Troopers, yeah. I do. There was so, a scene that was a standout for you in that episode as well. So even just the area is cool, but I love the shot of, what do you call it? I guess it's the display that shows all of these clones have this chip. Right. I mean, it may not be the most visually striking, especially if someone went back and pointed out all of our favorite shots of every episode. This is not one of those visually striking ones, but it's so important. It's almost like, oh man, we're in it now. To me, it's such an important shot that I I have to pick that. Yeah, I get exactly what you're talking about. It's one of those shots where... I mean, we see it in various different films, TV shows, where some sort of display indicates something that's quite alarming, and it really sort of sits us back on our heels and has an impact. So I get exactly why you chose that shot. My shot of the episode is a lot more predictable, and it's that continuous action shot of Arc Trooper 5's taking out those three clone trooper guards who are acting as a security detail. He first pushes his Kaminoan escort out of the way, and then... In one move, in one shot, with the camera sweeping along with him, he takes out all three of those guards. And in one sense, you can say, man, by the time he got to that third guard, surely that third guard would have said his blaster to stun. But, you know, (laughs) I was going with it. I was just happy to see Fives getting out of there. So, you know, I let that bit slide. And before we bring this one for a landing, Robbie, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So, after your third ever watch of Fugitive, how did you like it, and where does Fugitive sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Um, for me, this one's uh, going to be a three out of four. And, I mean, it's definitely one of those episodes that I feel is necessary when you're watching, you know, to understand the plot, the story, all of that stuff leading into episode three. But it's just not my favorite episode. Even though I did enjoy it, there is a lot of convenience, a lot of moments where you're kind of like really take off your helmet now that's like you said i mean it's just one of those things where it just kind of bumps things down a little bit for me and it just kind of makes it be a little more almost silly in a way but then you've got it's almost counterbalanced by the ingenious way that they say that oh no that this is just an inhibitor chip it's there's nothing nefarious here i mean i love the way that it's explained away it doesn't feel like a convenient explanation it feels like it actually has meaning and it actually makes sense to everybody even the characters so i think that's one of the things that i i really like about it the only thing that i can say that is a little strange for me is az3's uh fate is kind of up in the air right i mean right as the credits are rolling and, you know, you're going through the, this triumphant da 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 and I'm like sitting there going, but what happened to AZ-3? I mean, are they just going to go ahead and wipe him at that point? But, you know, it is what it is, and it's, you know, droids have their place, right? So, I don't know, it's just, it's just the lasting thought that I had at the end. But anyway, yeah, three out of four is what I'm going with. Yeah, I pretty much echo your sentiments, Robbie. I've got it at seven stage three clone embryos out of ten, because... It's not a lot of fun to see Fives go through this horrific experience and there are moments where, you know, you could scratch your head. I sort of generally went with it, but it was with the proviso that I realized, you know, I was going with it on purpose, you know, excusing it for certain things. But still, a 7 is not to be sneezed at. 7 is still a strong episode. It's still an episode that 
I can't say I would look forward to seeing it again on a rewatch, but you know, it's not one that I would skip on quality reasons. And that's mission accomplished for season six, episode three, Fugitive. So Robbie, would you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels? We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail on Twitter and on Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 112th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 6, Episode 4 Orders. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform, and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you.